0: The beginning. I was very excited, preparing for the big day. I happily said my farewell to all and declared in a loud voice, I am ready to live. Just as I was finalizing my departure from heaven, ready to come to earth, the angels stopped me and said, Wait, we want to give you something that will escort you throughout your life on earth. What the hell? Really? Now? Why couldn't they remember it an hour ago? I thought. I remained silent, though, as no one dares to interrupt the angels. We are giving you something very precious and most beautiful. If you treat it with respect, it will bring you happiness and health. If you, however, dishonor it, it will be your demise. Oh! That sounds easy enough, I said. What is it, I dared to ask. Mikael, the angel, looked at me with tenderness and said, it is called a soul. It has no shape, no face. It is quiet and peaceful. It is you that will have to reach to it. If you want, it will sit dormant for years and will watch you drown into a world of vanity. I was truly confused. Who needs such a friend, I thought. Nevertheless, I said, sure, bring it on. As I made my final steps in the march to earth, Raphael, the angel, who has the tendency to worry, grabbed me and said, I am not sure you understand what is given to you. You are given a soul. This soul belongs only to you. This soul, Is only your responsibility. It is yours and only yours to love. You are the sole gatekeeper of your soul. Your soul has wants and needs. The needs of your soul matter. They come first and are above all other needs. If you nurture your soul, it will blossom. However, if you disrespect it and ignore its needs, you will suffer. I had to go. The time has come. I had to depart from all the angels. So I looked at Raphael for the last time and said, It is time to go. I must leave now. As I came to earth, I forgot most of what the angels instructed me. After all, there are no angels where I live now, on earth. Life went on and took its course. It was many years later that I started to have an awakening to the voices and the words of the angels. Let's start from the beginning. I don't really know when I forgot the soul lecture. Was it on my first day on earth, a year later? Who knows? I was born to a world where only the doing mattered. The achievements, education, glamor, wealth, beauty, materials, profession, fame, power, and so on. A whole list of must-have and must-do that belongs to the ego. The angels never spoke of the ego. They figured out that I will be introduced to it early on in my journey on Earth. I based my life on what I saw around me, on the messages of worth I got from those surrounding me, parents, teachers, adults, friends, media, famous figures. Ultimately, we are all monkeys. We emulate and repeat what we see and hear. I never saw an angel. I never heard its voice on earth. And so, I walked for years believing that looks, education, and monetary wealth are the primary sources of self-value and self-love. All I truly did, all I was taught to do is build a false sense of self, a false sense of I love myself. No angel, no God, no guard from heaven ever appeared to correct me, to show me another way. No one reminded me of the soul. Truth be told, we do acknowledge the soul here on earth. It is often mentioned in books, movies, and conversations. However, no one bothers to teach us the deeper meaning of a soul. I knew each person has a soul. I knew the soul makes us cry, smile, and feel. Nevertheless, I still didn't really understand the full definition of a soul. What is the power of the soul? What is its role in my life? Why do I need a soul if I don't really use it in my everyday life? Is it powerful? Is it my friend? Or an enemy living inside me? People on Earth have many different kinds of wisdom. Intellectual wisdom, mathematical, artistic, linguistic, comic, and the list is very long. We are prone to have talents. however. No matter what kind of wisdom we possess, we are taught and trained to master it. So why is it that we are never taught about emotional wisdom? Why are we expected to roll into life knowing how to be? I was taught all my life to be kind to others. I was never taught how to be kind to myself, how to support and love myself. If you, my listener, were taught how to love your being, I could assure you, you are a lucky one. Many of us walk on Earth with little guidance and few skills on how to celebrate our being, how to respect our unique creation. For 50 years, I did life. Isn't that what I'm supposed to do on Earth? Let's pause for a moment and understand the difference between the being and the doing. Being comes from the connection to our soul and creation itself. When we meditate, for example, we learn to enter a state of being. We connect to the high vibrations of the universe, leaving our humanity aside for a little while. Doing, on the other hand, encompasses all the many actions we take on Earth. The problem is that most of us become only doers. We live in a lost society that celebrates only doing and achievements. We validate doing to a point that we never validate being. Being is the energy behind the doing. The energy that enables us to do and the one we so easily tend to disregard. We usually forget our being, the true essence of creation. This is when we detach from our core existence and disconnect from our true purpose on Earth. When we identify only with our doing and the many roles we play in life, a parent, a friend, our professional title, a lawyer, a doctor, a teacher, and so on, we may eventually suffer and feel depressed. Why? Because we are not our doing we are our being. True joy and inner balance could only come from our being, as I will explain in further detail. The more we cultivate our connection to the being, the stronger we are when some of the roles we play come to an end and we must get off the stage. A combination of both the being, our soul, and the doing Our humanity is the utopia we all aspire to have. When I was just 17, I came across the words of a famous French philosopher, Jean-Jacques Rousseau. Man is born free, and everywhere he is in chains. One man thinks himself as the master of others, but remains more of a slave than they are. Well. Don't be so impressed. I did know that I am chained. However, I truly did not understand, at 17 years of age, the true meaning of what Rousseau was talking about. I was walking with a 30-ton weight on my shoulders. I had to be smart enough, pretty enough, caring enough, funny enough, skinny enough, rich enough. I had to be a superwoman to conform with what my ego and society expected of me. How can I be less? Who would love me? Who will want me? Truly, life on Earth was not the fun I expected it to be. I was relying on so many external factors to fill me with what I desired so much, peace and love. The closer I got to being enough, the more effort it demanded, and the further it got from me. Nothing was really enough. All it was is an addiction, a hole that only got deeper and deeper. I was full of ego. Now let's make something clear. There is nothing wrong with an ego. Ego is part of our humanity. As long as you are human, you will have an ego. We must respect and honor our humanity, the totality of our humanity. However, when ego occupies most of who we are, we tend to get off balance. We create masks to hide our true inner self, and we forbid important parts in us to exist. We develop fake personas in order to fit in society and to be loved by others, neglecting our core being dishonoring our creation. We don't do it consciously. We don't hurt ourselves on purpose. On the contrary, the ego thinks it is helping us to hide our unattractive flaws so people will not mock us. As we begin the healing process, we soon realize that ego is not an enemy that must be eradicated. It simply needs to be aligned with the soul in order to help balance our humanity. I have the feeling you have been waiting patiently to hear what is a soul. The soul is our spirit, our being. Our soul comes from a very powerful energy called the universe or God. Our soul is made of God, comes from God and one day we'll go back to God. The energy that holds you up is your soul. The force that gives you life is your soul. Isn't this force worthy of your respect? There is a very powerful energy that determines life and death, an energy of creation. I choose to call this energy God. The soul is part of this divine energy, part of this magical force. It is as if God is the sun and each soul is a ray of sunshine. Another analogy may be that God is the ocean and each soul is a drop in the ocean. We are all part of a very powerful source. The energy of God, i.e. creation, lives in each one of us and animates life In every cell in our body all you have to do says a random voice in my head is reach out to it love it and it will manifest in you your own power sounds easy well even when i discovered that infinite power that lives in me i felt that i can't connect to it i can't feel it for more than a second It always faded away, leaving me only with ego. When I complained to my mentor about this tremendous challenge in my path of growth, she said, the path is not hard nor easy. Be grateful that there is a path. The path is the path. Yes, my friend, the path to the soul requires lots of practice, patience and self-kindness. The path is narrow, unpaved, and rocky at start. As you continue, it gets wider, randomly paved, and much smoother. You may even begin to notice some golden sparkles on the road. These golden sparkles are the sparks of your soul. They have been there all along, waiting patiently for you to awaken to the beauty of your creation. It is no secret that inner change is so light, so slow to unfold at first, until one day it becomes too hard to be broken.